This is the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. Now, here are your hosts, Cody, Kyle, and Ken. All right, and we're back for the last bad weekend of February Off the Break Podcast. I mean, we can only hope that it could be the best, the the worst weekend of, you know, the rest of the year, but... <laughs> I think we can say, like, for this month, we're yeah. coming off the last bad one. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Madam Webb underperformed, Bob Marley, I guess, overperformed, but still wasn't lighting the world on fire with its its numbers. I don't know. I mean, what was this projection to begin with? Like, 30 million, and it got close to that for, I mean, granted, maybe it was saying 30 million for that three-day weekend, but we had an extra day, so it's like, oh, no, but... I don't know. I thought it was on track, and it seems like people enjoyed themselves for what it was. It's fine, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle, it's fine. But well, I, I, We got to put positive spins on things, you know? Like, we can't just always be like, oh, no, another stinker. <laughs> Seven days till Dune. That's the positive spin. There we go. <laughs> now you're getting it. <laughs> Seven days till Dune. 14 days till Kung Fu Panda. Uh, Ghostbusters? People still like Ghostbusters. 28 days till Ghostbusters. You are good at doing math because I seven, was seven, not seven, good. 7777. Seven. <laughs> Earth of the King. Maybe people will. <laughs> I know my multiplication tables. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we can just be forgetting about trying to have Madam Web be a thing. Hopefully wishing for Bob Marley to continue to do business because we are heading for that Dune opening weekend. And hopefully... Theaters are starting to see a bit more of an anticipation, a bit more of an excitement for um, when it comes out. Because we mentioned on the episodes before that, you know, there might have been some hesitation for audiences really wanting to see this movie. But um, unlike what we were hoping for for Bob Marley or Madam Web, this one will have a pop to it. Yeah. No, this is hopefully, I mean, projections are decent, but, you know, I, I'm hopeful that. This with the anticipation, the promotion with the silver robot suit that Zendaya is wearing around <laughs> trying to get people's attention. That thing was crazy. <laughs> I know. I know there's there's it's looking like C three PO, right? There's a reason behind it. Like someone designed is it there? and someone made created it. And then she put it on. And there's one guy out there that like this is the sexiest thing I've ever seen. And everybody <laughs> else is like, she looks like a Pringles can. Right. <laughs> like a, a limited edition Pringles can, but still a Pringles can. I think, I don't know. I remember Cody and I having a conversation about um, whatever the big fashion gala is. like um, The Met? The Met, yeah. I almost said like the Metra, but that's not, <laughs> that's like your local community center. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even close to what the Met is. Um, but I just... Like, there's some fashion that looks cool. Like, oh, that guy actually has, like, stylish-looking pants. And then there's people dressed up as, like, C-3PO and people from The Hunger Games. And I'm like, are we not a little worried by how this all looks? Like, this just does not look comfortable. I don't get this it. This looks like the last days before the purge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people are going to rise up because of your stupid outfit. Yeah, they're movies for a reason. I don't want to see this in real life. <laughs> yeah. And the, the funny part is, I didn't see her walk in that, so I feel like they placed her there. I think someone <laughs> had to carry her. <laughs> they carried her. It was center. Jason Momoa or Josh Brolin, whoever's <laughs> in this movie. That They're like, yeah, I'll let you a hand. I hope Josh Brolin carried her, and then Jason Momoa carried both of them. Would it be funnier if they, <laughs> if they carried them or just uh, had a dolly? 
<laughs> like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. <laughs> I like that idea. That sounds cool. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it, in case our listeners have not seen that picture, just look up Zendaya at the Dune premiere or whatever, and you, you probably can miss it. I'm sure it's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I saw something about fashion, it means it's That's everywhere. true. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you're hip with the memes at all, but you're on fire with that one. You caught on to that one real quick. Yeah, no, I thought it was a stretch to get black jeans. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I was like, oh, it seems a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so this, crazy, it just my work. Is this a thing outside of one character on Yellowstone? Yeah. <laughs> Black jeans, brave man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kyle got a couple of reviews this week, and then we've got an update on a a strike coming near, coming to you. (laughs) Well, dun dun dun. (laughs) Let's not bring the doom and gloom just yet. (laughs) Well, let's see what you thought about these uh, two that you saw. The big one was Driveway Dolls, which comes out this weekend. Yeah, I went to see it. Um, It is from one of the Cohen brothers, Ethan Cohen, a Cohen sibling. A Cohen sibling. <laughs> yeah, it's not even one of the brothers. It's like their cousin or something. <laughs> however, Stanley Cohen. <laughs> however, one of the Cohen brothers. It's like, yeah, but he's still a brother. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a weird way mm-hmm. to phrase it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, it's kind of funny. You can feel that it's missing the other half. Not in that, like, one is better than the other or anything like that. But, you know, when you've seen movies like Raising Arizona or big Lebowski and they've worked together and it just feels like the movie is just working so perfectly in its unique way. And it's because of those two like joining forces right here with this one, I think it still works, but it's like a notch down just because it doesn't completely work, but it works just well enough to where I give it like a good grade. I would give it a passing grade. Yeah. Um, And I did like it because it does feel like, the, um, Ethan Cohen was trying to come back to like the days of raising Arizona and Big Lebowski to where it's his own style of humor. It's like that level of B camp of a B level movie that's like a campy comedy, but also has like kind of an edge to it, but not to where it's like not it, it's dark humor, but also not dark humor. Um, and it's not so artsy; it's inaccessible to yeah people like that's that's what they do a great job of they make art movies like they yeah in the the grand scheme of things like they make movies that are weird yeah exactly so but they're accessible to regular people right it's not uh you know most a24 or neon movies where regular mm -hmm. people watch and go what did i just watch they're like remember that one thing with the guy with the bowling ball that was funny right right (laughs) like the other brother did his own reimagining of uh the story of Macbeth. Yes. And if you've seen the trailer for that one, it's like him going full artsy yeah. and not <laughs> towards like, and not to where it's like, oh, I like, I'm a casual audience. I could easily enjoy this one. He he wore a different hat with a different feather every day when he made that movie. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, how artsy it was. He's like, let's just see if I can go into this territory. What would that be like? <laughs> Make a black and white movie. Yeah. But you, um, you helped nail this movie down perfectly to where it's like a step below that, but it's still has that potential to be accessible to general audiences. I will say I I worded that way just because it does have, you know, two women lead characters who are lesbian and it does not shy away from those aspects of it as well as a lot of the comedy being like raunchy sex comedy type of thing. So 
with that in mind, like if you're theater, if you don't think you're in an area to where you're going to have audiences that appreciate that, I can understand why. But I do think it has a slight amount of potential to where you could have general audiences coming in and out and having that same not overwhelming type of feeling as you get from like Raising Arizona or Big Lebowski, but you'll still have those general audiences walking out being like, yeah, that was a good time. Kind of like what it was for me. I wouldn't say that, you know, it was a great movie on those levels necessarily, but still was a good comedy for what it was. Which is, which is great. Like they have to rebuild this entire genre. Mm -hmm. Like comedy has struggled for two decades almost. Yeah. Like there haven't been solid grossing comedy films every month of the year, which Mm -hmm. was, you know, something that existed from Mm -hmm. the sixties until like 2006. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So that's something that's been there. So they have to rebuild this whole, whole genre again, like Mm -hmm. similar to, um, Westerns. Like we've had some mini, um, successes in the, in westerns and had films that did well mm-hmm. but then they kind of go away and then you have one that does good and yeah then, you know like with this summer with we'll see how well the kevin costner horizon movies do mm-hmm. but if those hit a big number you will see glenn powell on a horse in a movie <laughs> yes very very soon i don't doubt it i think you're... i think he's on a horse in twisters but you'll see him only on a horse coming uh, to theaters near you yeah i think it will be like his intro scene where like he's riding like into the shot and then you'll never see him on a horse again. Like I don't see him riding like towards Twister on a horse. They're probably going to be in like that one truck or van or whatever it was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I I wouldn't be surprised if they put Glenn Powell shirtless or completely naked on a horse riding <laughs> riding his towards star, the tornado. His star power is so booming to you that you're like I could see him doing anything. <laughs> I I would see him doing anything. I'm I'm <laughs> I've never been, I mean, short of like the legacies that we have, the Tom Cruises, the Mark Wahlbergs. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in on this guy. He's going to be the one. He's going to be the one. I, I mean, there's no, all of my stocks going into him. There's nobody else. The only one True. close is Michael B. Jordan. True. And they've tried this already with him to not a lot of success. Yeah, it's so weird. Like he's so close, but it's just not happening. So close, but so far away. Yeah. Which, by the way, speaking of Glenn Powell, I heard that he's trying to make a tv show now a comedy tv show yeah and i'm like oh dude not now no this is the time what he's he's brand for his b- movie stardom he's brand building now he's creating this whole thing bruce willis was a tv star yeah and then he made the jump to movies right yeah but that's that's the thing i we need that, him to stay with the movies it's it's all the same to most audiences I mean, now yeah, that's i true. mean movies and tv it's like it's on my it's on my Roku. Yeah. It's on my smart TV. I, <laughs> I want to watch it. Where is it? Right. Whatever's <laughs> next on the list. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking old school mindset of yeah, like, no, I don't just, step backward. You're just starting to more, get your leg up. More content. This guy needs to work before it before fades. it falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to, we need to put as much. Yeah, you might not have liked him in this or this or this or this. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't one thing that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so I I also, looping back to Drive Away Dolls, I did want to mention that I'm glad that you were saying that we're trying to reintroduce audiences to like this type of comedy because coming out of it, I was with my girlfriend and my friend, and you know they're more of like the general audience types compared to myself that has seen every movie possible, annoyingly. <laughs> um, <laughs> humble break. <laughs> um, 
But they did mention that it was kind of refreshing and nice to see a weird comedy like that. Yeah. And not weird as in, like, I don't know, it's subject matter, but just in the way that it, like, delivers humor and in the way that... It looks. and It looks. And it and something about it doesn't feel like traditional movie or traditional way to tell the story. And right. I thought that it was kind of cool to hear that because I could... Not that I think, again, this is going to blow the doors off or nothing, but I could see people having more of that type of reaction coming out of it. Like, oh yeah, I do remember like Big Lebowski feeling different but good. Weird kind of felt like that. Weird irreverent comedies yeah. that were accessible. Yeah. Speaking of weird irreverent comedies that are inaccessible. Big time. It sounds like you have another review for us. <laughs> um yes, it's a bleaker stream movie called Sunset Sasquatch. I feel like I somehow flipped these words around, so I just want to double-check that. Because <laughs> I know I was talking to a friend about it, and I, and I kept saying it in like different ways, so now I'm very concerned. <laughs> well, I know that this film immediately went to the back burner for me when Bleeker sent us a trailer, mm-hmm. and the initial scene of the trailer after they show the scenery is uh, two Sasquatches mating. <laughs> and that's in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> it, it's, it's literally the first part of the trailer. Yeah, yeah. Red Band trailer, but it's still in the trailer. Right. So it's like, oh, okay, this, no one is going to see this. <laughs> I also heard that it premiered at Sundance. I think it was Sundance. There was a... a one of these fancy pants things. yeah. It did premiere at one of those recently, whatever one's in Utah, and it had a lot of people walking out of it, <laughs> which usually happens because there's just so much to see that when people go to see these movies, they do have the ability to be like, eh, I need to go watch something else and walk right. out. But it sounds like this one especially was a case of like, no, there was a lot of people walking out during this. I mean, it's a, it's an... I mean, there's no spoken language in it, so it's a. That's true. It's yeah. It's all but silent film. Yeah. With grunting. Yeah. And so music behind it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, silent movie basically with grunting by four actors that are completely in Sasquatch costumes the whole time. Uh, luckily, it's for an hour and a half. It's not like two and a half hours long and trying to be so self indulgent or whatever. <laughs> So thank God for that. They have the sense to keep it to like a normal movie length. Keep it simple, guys. Uh, movie is called Sasquatch Sunset. So I did flip those words around. <laughs> um, I was also tentative while watching the movie because I did think it was going to be weirdly self-indulgent, even though it was trying to be comedic. But I found a silver lining when it comes to the movie. Oh, no. But... I am going to be an outlier. <laughs> that is absolutely for sure. Like I, I see what the filmmakers were going for and trying to be a story that's like about a family and like the trials and tribulations that go with like a uh, family, but at the same time is also trying to be a showcase of like the animal beneath like the human, like our most uh, like stripped down versions of ourselves of our most animalistic natures. I know, I know. <laughs> is trying to do that as themes of nature as well. And I surprisingly was like getting suckered into this movie. (laughs) I guess not very surprising, is it? But 
I do think it's obviously not going to be for everyone, and it is going to be a hard sell. Because even during this movie, as much as I was, like, being able to, like, enjoy watching this, I was able to find, like, the humor in some aspects of, like, its story. There was also just many times to where it, like, I don't know, feels so self-serious. And then when it tries to not feel self-serious, it goes way over the top with, like, farting jokes poop jokes pee jokes like there's a lot of bodily <laughs> fluids that come out of them surprisingly <laughs> so i just think it's going to be a hard sell and i am an obvious outlier of enjoying the movie and i think if even like some of the critics who are or who are going to these like sundance type of uh film festivals and even they're walking out of this i think it's not just like a weird outlier of critic versus audience for example i do think that will also include the audience so <laughs> i liked it but i can understand why it's not going to work for most if not everyone else well speaking of not going to work <laughs> oh, we've boy. got upcoming strike talks yeah yeah so um, the last big party out there we had the writers we had the directors mm-hmm. we had the actors mm-hmm. and now it's everybody else that does actual labor <laughs> it's the mic guy yeah it's, it's the intern who delivers coffees <laughs> well they don't get a paycheck no that's true. <laughs> who am i kidding but it's the uh, truck drivers and animal wranglers yeah and craft food service people mm-hmm. I mean, it's everything mm-hmm. else that's required to get a to create a movie yeah so a new report from hollywood reporter is stating that their um group um IATSE, as it's called is going to meet with the studios March 4th to start negotiating new deals. And the pretty much the summary of the article is that they tell different stories of <laughs> these more, I guess, quote-unquote, common people who work in the industry who have had to deal with the aftermaths of the strike of, like, you know, with the strikes not going on, a lot of them were had to be out of work so much that, it like, affected their families and affected, you know, like, their their incomes and them trying to pay off their mortgages or them trying to pay off medical bills and stuff like that. So it really was um, an article that's interesting and nice to just see um, people at like the lower levels of the industry who have to go through the the rigmarole of things. And it's informative in that way, but it also was kind of like, I guess that group also making the statement towards studios of like, Hey, we, almost have nothing to lose if negotiations fall through. Yeah, we've already, we lost, at least in in California, they lost two years of film production. Yeah. For the 2020 closures, they lost another 100 days. Yeah. For the actors, writers, strikes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, it's not going to get worse than this for us. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, and I think that was the overall point, is that it's a message to the studio saying, let's hope these talks go peacefully, but we a lot of us have lost our homes like we have nothing else (laughs) like we're not gonna have much else to do if we do have to go on strike which i'm in the trailer with my horses yeah (laughs) (laughs) i had to sell my horses slept in a roasting pan last night (laughs) um so yeah i i know that especially for movie theaters they were probably very much frustrated with like the actor strike and the screenwriter strike and now hearing a third one is definitely not what we want to hear um but this is kind of just like the heads up warning of like that possibility. Although my hope is that the studios after, you know, failing to do their um, near 
decent <laughs> level of humanity in like making deals swiftly that hopefully they can have an easier time when it comes to the people who are holding a boom mic or right and you can <laughs> roll your eyes at i mean i can roll my eyes mm-hmm. at writers and actors and directors like going on strike because they're not getting fair terms but like these are like the regular people they're us the, <laughs> these are normal they're, people that punch a clock right that never the only time they're on a red carpet is when they roll it out mm-hmm. <laughs> and tamp it down to make sure it's flat like, yeah this is these are they're not allowed like, to walk on it <laughs> the regular people that that keep the machine moving and they outnumber yeah. all the other guilds by mm-hmm. multiples mm-hmm yeah um so i guess in a weird way it might be easier to root for them cheer for them absolutely because because i understand like there are there were mostly like everyday actors trying to be actors or writers trying to be writers who were also part of the uh strikes but at the same time it's hard to do that when also the headlines say like Tom Cruise is tired of the strikes or (laughs) you know if you've ever swept a floor cleaned a toilet mm-hmm. made made bulk amounts of pasta like yeah these are your people right right <laughs> like if you've ever done any of those things even for fun mm-hmm. like these are your people <laughs> these are not people that have ever flown on a had the opportunity to fly on a private jet yeah have yeah ever <laughs> negotiated for their name above a title of a film <laughs> These are people that get their name and their credits at the end, have to pause the movie, rewind a little bit, and then say, there I am, Mom. Look at me. Go. Right. Right. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> These are the people that we want to cheer for. This is... Yeah, absolutely. I I can't... I don't know. I mean, I guess it's my naive hopefulness coming into play, but I can't think that the studios are going to drag this out as terribly as they did for like the screenwriters and the actors like if they were able to get something done quickly for the directors you'd have to think they could throw a bone to like the everyone else involved in making a movie i don't know i do love this idea though that for the first time in all this ai is not on the table there's no <laughs> there's no ai that is going to hook up plumbing to i don't know to, man robots are being made to zendaya's trailer they're gonna like, like a robot took over zendaya it's very possible that <laughs> Like we can't say that AI didn't give her that outfit. We don't know. Or that it was it was all it was all generated. Yeah. Like there was no nothing real there. She was at home on her couch. It could have been three D printed. <laughs> She's actually four hundred pounds with face tattoos. <laughs> but we have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess I don't know. A fair warning with some mild optimism that it won't get to that level, but. If there's this one article that's being planted by this group, I'm sure that there's going to be many others from the studios who are like, I don't know why they're trying to do this to us, why they're trying to make us bend over backwards for them, <laughs> like they did with all of the strikes uh, in the past. Good luck getting your toilet clean. Yeah. That's all I have to say. <laughs> right. Like, it, the actors aren't cleaning your toilets. No, they're not they, cleaning up your yachts. They are toilets. They're empty vessels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> movies don't get on screen without the guy that drives the big rig to park the trailer there so that somebody can go and sit in it and decompress after a long day of make-believe amen <laughs> after a long day of make-believe <laughs> <laughs> this guy's out there with like a level and a wrench trying to yeah make sure it's perfect 
And so the, DiCaprio can go in and he doesn't feel he's like I'm unbalanced today. I don't What's I don't know how to trailer? I don't know how to play Superman. Um all those guys spent 40 hours tying ropes and things right. to make it perfect so you can look like Superman without even trying. All <laughs> yeah. you do is stand there in front of the camera. <laughs> oh my god. Even the guy that hangs the green screen, I didn't even think about that. It's surprising that there isn't more of those types of stories, like the one with Harrison Ford, where I think he was like a carpenter. Right. And he just, I mean, he was like trying to be an actor, obviously, but even still, most of what he was doing with like carpentry, and they just looked at him and they were like, hey, you want to see if you could be Han Solo? Or <laughs> That was the Bill Paxton thing, too. He was a set, was it? He was a set painter for James Cameron. Amazing. <laughs> He's like, I like this guy. I want to keep him around. It probably is like director related to like maybe there's just some directors that are just so good at like watching every little thing that they're even looking at the guy placing out napkins and <laughs> they're like, do that again. But this time as a movie star, yeah. <laughs> I guess not all directors have that gift. Uh, so, Ken, before we end this podcast, I think there's one thing missing from this whole episode, and that's Cody. Oh, yes. Where... What happened? Where is she, Cody? She is tending to our children. She is being the most mother a mother could be to mm-hmm. two boys who kept us entertained overnight with their violent illnesses. <laughs> 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 Similar to your Sasquatch sunset, there were a lot of pee and poop jokes. <laughs> uh, a lot of bodily... Was it more jokes or was it just... <laughs> I mean, it got funnier as the night went on. And the right. Sleep deprivation you made on. your own jokes. Yes. You're like, after oh, a while. I am not getting any sleep tonight. <laughs> 4 a.m. is an appropriate time to finally lay down in bed. <laughs> oh, that sounds that sounds miserable, but I hope she doesn't get sick from that and your boys get better soon. The kids will be better by the time this is over. Right. Kids break a bone. They get influenza a and they're Mm -hmm. they're fine by lunch right once you hit 30 you get the common cold and it's like it's over i've had this for six weeks (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's more than 10 percent of a year that i've had this cough i I feel like it's supposed to end by now (laughs) and then eventually you just hope it 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 is actually ending by your life ending yeah (laughs) i can't do this anymore i hope it just gets me i hope i I hope i just end right now (laughs) this is too painful the common cold well on that note everybody stay healthy have a great weekend and seven days until dune dune we're gonna make it or dune two (laughs) i guess that's a good way of that's not even shortening it (laughs) dune dune i guess when you talk about that fast yeah (laughs) have a great weekend everybody bye everyone Thank you for listening to Off The Break Podcast. Find us on all podcast platforms and be sure to like and follow our Facebook and Instagram pages at Off The Break Podcast. 